All right. All right. So, how are you? I'm okay. Looking a little sleepy? Yes, I am sleepy. <laughs> uh, I've been in quarantine. Hopefully, I get to go back to work tomorrow. Um, but I've been in quarantine since last Wednesday. And it is almost the pre next Wednesday. So, seven days I haven't been at work. Oof. Which is frightening because I usually work three jobs. Yeah, that's something. It's a long time. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm glad you're not sick. No, we got tested last Friday and got our results back. We did? Saturday? Sunday. We got them back Sunday? I don't remember this. Uh, COVID negative? Just kidding. I Obviously. remember. Yep. No COVID. Uh, test wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I thought... It I definitely thought it was going to be a lot worse. Well, to hear some people talk, they scrape your brain. But it just felt kind of like uh, you crushed up pool water and snorted it in a powder. Yeah, just like that. Yeah, because that's how liquids work. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of felt like you snorted uh, pool water. Not too bad. Yeah, and it was over quick. So if you have any questions, just go ahead and get, you might as well just go get tested. Yeah, it was pretty easy. So, obviously, I have a lot more free times on my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, going from three jobs to zero. Um, I spend all of my time now just sitting on the couch watching SpongeBob still. Hey, welcome to my world. <laughs> so, I've had a lot more time to gather information on topics. Uh-huh. And today's topic is going to be spontaneous human combustion. Which we all know one in three men suffer from. I don't think that's what we're talking about. Sounds like the same thing. I gathered all the information that I could find. Uh-huh. I went down the rabbit hole. My first introduction to this was watching Unsolved Mysteries as a child on Lifetime Network. Uh-huh. I think, looking back, I should have been watched a little bit more. Like, paid more attention to? Like, yeah. what are you letting your children watch on TV? Pretty much. Because mm -hmm. um, as a child, I can tell you that learning that sometimes people just kind of catch on fire for no reasons was terrifying to me. Yeah, that sounds horrible. When I was a kid, I was afraid to take a bath because of Jaws. So <laughs> I was also scared of bathroom stalls because of Scream 4. Ooh. And Raggedy Ann. Oh, Raggedy Ann. I'm pretty sure that's the um, Annabelle doll is actually a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, you don't right? have to remind me. I'm very much aware. Whenever she was uh, rumored to have gotten out, I was terrified. Just like the movies make it this really weird, creepy doll, but how plain it is, make, to me, makes it more creepy how plain the actual doll is. Raggedy Ann is not plain. She has lifeless eyes and she is terrifying. But it's just a doll. So well, did you hear that she had like escaped? I read something about it, but if you're listening, Annabelle, we're not afraid of we're you. We're definitely so. afraid. We're locking the door. Please do not come here. Don't keep your cotton stuffed ass away from here. <laughs> we don't want you here. So back to spontaneous human combustion. Right. Um, obviously. Which <laughs> never happens. I swear. <laughs> Uh, if we want to get super technical about what it is, it's the concept of combustion of a living or recently deceased human body without an apparent external source of ignition. Oh, 
I was thinking of a different thing. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> um, so, do you have any questions thus far? Um, I do not. Okay, well, um, basically, they all kind of share these, like, characteristics, like, in all of these cases. Uh-huh. Um, the fire starts within the body. The only thing that's left is, like, an arm or a foot. Okay. Um, and the area around the body is generally damaged. Like, obviously there's soot and stuff because fire. Mm-hmm. But there's like no structural damage. Also, all the victims are relatively the same as well. Um, they're usually older. Uh, the fire still causes little damage to combustible items like around them. Like, you mean it causes not as much damage as it should? As you would think, like a burning... Yeah, and we're going to get into that. Okay. It leaves kind of like greasy ashes behind. Mm, my favorite. Yeah, it's delicious. And then a lot of the victims are alcoholics or... Or they drink gasoline. That's a theory. Really? Well, it's like they drink alcohol and alcohol turns into... Oh, I was just making a joke. I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> In addition to cases that have been reported... Descriptions of this phenomenon have appeared in literature. Charles Dickens' 1853 novel Bleak House, in which a character explodes into fire. Spontaneous human combustion can also be found in works of Mark Twain, Herman Melville, and Washington Irving, and others. Oh. I haven't read any of those books, so I cannot tell you for myself. Charles Dickens, Mark Twain, Herman Melville, and Washington Irving. I can't tell you what they've wrote, but I know all those names. (laughs) I mean, obviously... Melville wrote Moby Dick, right? Mark Twain, we know him, and Charles Dickens, but I don't know about the other guy. Washington Irving. That sounds familiar, though. I have no idea. I should have taken the time to look it up, but I did not. I mean, like, if it doesn't apply to the topic, right? It's just like, yes, he wrote this book, and someone exploded. Pretty much. Um, so, before I, we continue, I want kind of wanted to touch on Cremation, who... He wrote Sleepy Hollow. Wow, I'm trash. Yeah. Well, we have to. We have to. Um, this is the last episode. I'm we have so to sorry. submit our Halloween cards now. Sorry. Uh, hi. This is the last episode. We we thank you for sticking around. I guess we have to be Easter people now. <laughs> I'm gonna join a church anyway. Before we continue on with the topic of spontaneous human combustion, I did want to touch on cremation. Okay. Because I feel like it is relevant. Sure. I mean, like, any chance we get to talk about cremation, we might as well take it. Oh, well, absolutely. So, in order for a body to turn into ash, Mm -hmm. you need a fire temperature to reach 1,400 degrees or above. Like, most crematoriums, they'll get up to 1,400 degrees to 2,000 degrees. Mm -hmm. It takes about an hour for skin to completely burn off, and that's in a controlled environment. Uh Uh-huh. So it takes a lot of heat to burn a body for an extended period of time. When you're in the crematorium, it usually takes about one to three hours for a body to finish burning. And even then, there's still going to be bones. Billy bones. (laughs) No relation. My question is, okay, this is my question about cremation. When they're in the crematorium, how long does it take for them to stop screaming? Ideally, you don't put somebody in there alive. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. A lot of confusion there. Usually they go into the crematorium when they're dead. Okay. You heard it here first. 
Don't put, don't put living people in crematoriums. So that's why in a lot of cases where you find people try to burn the bodies to get rid of the evidence, you'll find that they're unsuccessful because it is difficult to cover up a fire at that intensity for that long. Rookie mistake. Going back to spontaneous human combustions, there's been at least 200 instances of it happening, and it dates all the way back to the 15th century. Uh, the first known case of spontaneous human combustion happened in 1470 when an Italian knight named Polonius Vortudius enjoyed a couple of glasses of some strong-ass wine and began to burp fire. I would have thought maybe rum. I mean, maybe it was like that undiluted, like, you know what I mean? That's that wine you got to mix with water. Like toilet wine. (laughs) It's huge. So he burped fire, eventually succumbed to those Those flaming burps. (laughs) And he died. I imagine the people around him thought it was some kind of like really cool party trick. Yeah, that just backfired. (laughs) They're like, I was just in France like two weeks ago and the knights there, they don't do this. They don't do this shit. His death was described in this uh, catalog of weird medical phenomenon called Historarium and Atacarium Rariorium. Do you like that pronunciation? Yes. I practiced all day. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I was doing in the mirror earlier. Oh, fun. Um, I thought she was casting a spell or something. So, I assume... That just means rare anatomical history. It was written by a man named Thomas Bartholon. Um, if you wanted to read this book for yourself, you could find a first edition copy online for $3,463 plus $350 in taxes. Jesus Christ. Shipping is $40, so I would look for a coupon code. Hashtag not sponsored. Woo! $4,000? <laughs> Um, it is used, however, it was published in 1641, so you're going to have a hard time finding one that isn't used, or you could spring for a new one, and that one's only going to set you back $40. However, they are both written in Latin, and... Wait, so you can get a new one that's like a reprint... Yeah, for $40. For 40 bucks, or you can use the old, get the old one for like 4000 because it's like a artifact, basically, only, right? yeah casually 400 years just old just casually real casually 400 years old it looks cool if i had that kind of money i probably would buy it so that's our first instant of spontaneous human combustion so that was the first one recorded ever right right um moving forward in history other supposed cases of spontaneous human combustion include the countess cornelia de bandy she supposedly burnt to death in 1700s one of her maids came to check on the countess whenever she hadn't woken up during her usual time and they found the countess's body she had been reduced to ash only thing that was left were three blackened fingers two stocking legs from like the knee down Mm -hmm. so i assume she was wearing some kind of like socks okay Um, fireproof socks apparently and then like parts of her skull what um the ashes left a greasy and stinky residue when picked up Mm. and yeah delicious yeah blackened greasy and stinky like french fries from mcdonald's oh dear (laughs) the air was full of soot yet the bed showed that the covers had been gently like pushed to the side that just kind of indicates that like she wasn't dragged out of bed like she got out of bed gracefully i just feel like countesses got up to some weird shit back in those days right right so like maybe her 
chambermaid or whatever the hell it is. Well, she was supposedly left alone. Mm. They found her in the morning like this. Or some maybe one of her people set her on fire. I don't know. Sometimes you just gotta set people on fire in the 1700s, you know? Either way, her bed wasn't burned. <laughs> <laughs> so she wasn't in bed whenever she caught on fire. I think that's what we're trying to get at. Gotcha. Um, two candles in the room had melted, but the wicks were undamaged, meaning they hadn't caught fire. Uh-huh. Um, and that's something we'll see again later. So other honorable mentions of spontaneous human combustion. Um, I didn't dive too much into these just because there was either wasn't enough information or we would have been here all day if I went through all 200 cases of spontaneous human combustion. How many times can I say spontaneous human combustion in this episode? Well, we're going to find out. I'm going to count it when I'm editing and I'll let you know next time. Well, then we can put it in our Facebook group and I will send you something in the mail. I don't know what yet. Facebook group that you can put po- you can post your guesses on literally any social media platform that we have and whoever's closest will will like give you something cool yeah i'll send you something in the mail <laughs> um yeah let's just make an episode where we list every the name of every person who's ever spontaneously we'll do a small blurb of what happened they caught on fire in the middle of the night nobody was there we don't know what happened and that's what it'll say for every single one of them <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a three-hour episode <laughs> um back to the people who died i'm so very sorry those cases include nicole millet in 1725 jeanette kazmirazek in france in the 1970s and robert francis bailey in 1967 um there was a fairly recent case that happened in 2010 Mm -hmm. that's the most recent one i can find which is crazy because that happened like what 10 11 years ago roughly almost 11 almost 11 If I know my math, and I do, it was 10 years ago. Well, yeah, but like, I don't know. It happened in December. Oh, that's fair. It was quite a big deal when the coroner actually ruled this case as spontaneous human combustion. Michael, and I'm so sorry, Farharty, who was 76 at the time, died in his home in Galway, Ireland. He was found lying on his back with severe burns to his head near an open fireplace. Which means, like, there was a fire burning. Right. Or, like, he was trying to start a fire at least, right? Right. So, despite the apparent fire in the sitting room, which is where he was found, the area around him was particularly untouched apart from, like, the ceiling above him and the floor directly below him. Okay. Forensic experts who investigated the scene inside the home determined that the fireplace was not linked to his death. And Dr. Coroner... Sarah McLaughlin? Sarah McLaughlin. Definitely not Sarah McLaughlin. She's quoted as having said, he's in the arms of the angels now. (laughs) He said it was the first time in 25 years of investigating that he had recorded such a verdict. He quoted, this fits into the category of spontaneous human combustion for which there is no adequate explanation. Well, not to rehash but it sounds like something sarah mclaughlin would say you know whenever she's not doing aspa commercials she's a coroner in ireland yeah that's a man that's a man (laughs) gender bending at its finest yeah another case coming out of the uk was the case of Jeannie safin and that happened in the 1980s um sitting in a kitchen with her father and her brother-in-law they said that they saw blue flames shoot out of miss safin's stomach in that she had roared like a dragon. What? 
Okay, how does a dragon roar, you suppose? Like, what in their mind was a dragon roar? I guess, like, blue flames coming out of her mouth. I mean, like, <clears throat> if she would have roared without the fire, would she have still sounded like a dragon? Well, you that would have just been, like, a yawn. Okay. <laughs> um, she was actually taken to the hospital um, where she died eight, day- eight days later due to internal burns. However, they didn't rule her death as spontaneous human combustion as the coroner said there was no such thing. Boom. Oh, where were they at? This was in the UK. Irish coroner, English coroner, bite. (laughs) But her brother-in-law insists that he saw what he saw. um, And also the kitchen was completely undisturbed by fire. Ooh. It sounds like she made it to the hospital. She died at the hospital. Whoa. I mean. She was the only case that I found that she like wasn't by herself crazy it sounds to me like dr mclaughlin's got some explaining to do (laughs) clearly they didn't go to the same coroner school i mean which i guess is just a medical school (laughs) i don't know how to be a coroner i'm just a barista so like that is beyond my realm of expertise the case that i'm gonna spend most of my time on Mm mm-hmm is one of the most notable cases of spontaneous human combustion. And it it's more of a theory rather than like a fact, obviously. Um, but this belongs to the story of Mary Reeser. One of the earlier episodes of BuzzFeed Unsolved does a whole episode on her. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really... They kind of touch the idea of spontaneous human combustion, but not entirely. That's like the, that's the two dudes that spend the night in haunted houses. Yes, but they didn't start off like that. Okay. A lot of people have talked about her. Um, It's not just BuzzFeed Unsolved. Other true crime and paranormal shows have also touched on her because I guess spontaneous human combustion kind of touches the realm of, like, paranormal. Yeah, and crime, I suppose. And crime, depending on, like, whatever you come to make of it. I mean, like, at the end of the day, if someone spontaneously combusts, it's going to be a crime scene at least for a little while, right? I would imagine so. Try to figure out what's going on. I don't know. So, I'm sorry. Tell me about Mary Reeser. Well, her story begins on July 1st. That date changes depending on what article you read. However, July 1st is the one I saw the most, so that is the one I am sticking to. You know what? That's pretty scientific. <laughs> um, so, July 1st. It's This is the night before she catches on fire. Her, oh, that's the buildup. Yes. So, her okay. son is visiting her um, in her apartment in St. Petersburg, Florida. Okay. Um, she mentions to her son that she has taken two secondol tablets. And she might take another one before bed. Okay, what is that that she's taking? Secondol is a sedative that people will get before they go into surgery. It kind of helps you calm down. I'm pretty sure secondol is the type of drug that I was given whenever I was like having a full-blown panic attack before I got my gallbladder taken out. Okay, but not something people just casually take before bed, She wasn't prescribed these pills. Okay, Florida, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But her son is a doctor and was apparently unconcerned with his mom's drug habit. So her son was a doctor. She had pills that she wasn't prescribed. I'm not saying anything. I'm just... Paging Dr. Reeser... To explain yourself. I'm just putting out what what I found. Okay. Um, so 
Her son leaves. Mary falls asleep in her chair, like most grandmas. That are heavily sedated, yes. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Mimi. <laughs> looking at you, Mimi, sleeping in your chair right now. Um, fast forward to the second. Mary's landlady describes smelling smoke at about 5 a.m. Um, but she's unalarmed. She's unconcerned. She's going about her business. It wasn't until three hours later when she tries to deliver a te- telegram that she smells smoke again when she's approaching Mary Reeser's door. What year was this? We don't know, right? It's like the 1960s. Okay, I'm Did just... Did I not say a date? July 1st was, I don't remember a year. It just, Telegram got me. I want to say it's 1967, but now I have to look. I'll look it up. You keep going. Okay. Well, I'm sorry that I have failed you. No, no, no. I just want to know, like, if this was like a while ago or if St. Petersburg, Florida, for some reason, is still delivering um, telegrams. Okay, so she died in 1951. Pretty sure this was the 50s. Okay, so yeah, 1951 is when she died. So this is 100% the 50s. Well, with... Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the day, July 1st, 1951. <laughs> I haven't had caffeine. That's okay. In like a week. I'm overly caffeinated. I'm, I took a nap. I need like six shots of espresso over ice. Stat. Anyway. You know who might be able to help you with that? Without a prescription? Dr. Reeser. I don't think he's going to give me uh, cocaine. Well, not, that not with that there. attitude. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't have a cocaine problem. I have a caffeine problem. Anyway, back to where we were before. Mary Reeser's landlady is trying to deliver a telegram <laughs> at around 8 o'clock. Uh, she smells smoke when she's approaching Mary's door. Obviously a little bit more alarmed now. She knocks. There's no answer. She reaches for the doorknob. The doorknob is uncomfortably warm. Now, I don't know... What your dad told you whenever there's a warm doorknob. But you don't open the door. Don't open the door. You know what? Where there's a warm doorknob, it's either fire or Florida. And you At don't. some point, both of our dads were firemen. So don't open warm doors, people. What's it like a backdraft or something that it causes? You open the door and you're like, Whoa, all the fire rushes out. You know I'm talking about? Do you know what you're talking about? I do not know the name. Get Jean on the phone right now. <laughs> anyway, she doesn't <laughs> open the door like a good little noodle. Um, and she calls, instead she calls the police. Not the fire department. Well, I mean, tomato, tomato. Okay. It's one number, right? It's gotta be. You would know more than anybody. <laughs> yeah. So they finally open the door. Mary Reese's remains were found in the chair in which she had been sitting in. And by her remains were found, I mean like what was left of her. Reese's pieces. <laughs> that is terrible. And I love you. <laughs> All that was left of her was her foot. Mm-hmm. It was still wearing a slipper. Um, some of her backbones and part of her skull. Which part? Well, apparently all of it. Oh. It had reportedly shrunk to the size of a teacup, which is weird because that typically doesn't happen with fire. Usually your skull cap will come up and eventually it'll just kind of explode. Wow. I'm very attracted to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> The area around the body is generally undamaged. So, like, her walls were fine. Objects around her are fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell that it was a very, like, localized fire. Some plastic household objects had lost their shape, but they weren't burnt. Like, they had just melted. 
okay. or like casually just kind of deflated a little bit. An analog clock had stopped working at like 2.26 a.m. While what? her wristwatch hadn't stopped working until it hit four. Mm, good wristwatch. It's a good wristwatch. I, I would imagine that that was made out of some kind of metal. That might be right. not, not like a little jelly what? watch. So <laughs> it's like a swatch. It was um, a jelly watch like right in the 90s. Everyone had one. Um, I had a question and I just... My brain farted. Um. Oh, the analog clock and the watch both stopped. Yes. So like they got too hot and they stopped, or like well, they melted. Well, the analog clock, the light switch had melted, mm-hmm. or like the socket had melted. Oh, that that'll do it. Yeah, which stopped the analog clock. And I'm gonna assume with the wristwatch, it kind of like reached its melting point. Right, but I've never once seen an analog clock. That plugged in, right? Like, what kind of weird 1950s shit is this? I'm just going by what the website was on. said. Okay. That's all I got. Oh, you know what? I bet you I know what kind of clock it was. You just kind of, like, pictured it in your head. I just pictured it, yeah. Yeah. Um. So, the walls were unscorched. Sorry, that wasn't super important, but, you know, my well, brain just... It's absolutely important. My brain latched on. <laughs> uh, the ceiling... Obviously had soot on it as well as like the upper entirety of the walls, but that's kind of to be expected. Um, but like the paint wasn't cracked and again, there were some candles that had melted, but the wicks were untouched, meaning they hadn't been lit and none of her neighbors were affected by the fire. Oh, and before I forget, there was a stack of like dried newspapers next to her chair. didn't burn? No, they were completely untouched. What? And, the, of course, the chair she had been sitting in was scorched, but she was sitting in it. But it was just scorched. Like, it wasn't burnt. Well, it was burnt. Like, it was crispy by the end of it. She'd been burning in it for, like, three hours. Yeah, that kind of clock. <laughs> That's what I pictured, yeah. <laughs> so, and investigators did send samples of, like, the carpet and her chair and, like, what was left of her body. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out, like, what kind of conclusion about how the fire started. They did find fat underneath the rug of her chair and fat will burn that's why you don't keep fat under your rugs <laughs> rookie mistake Gosh, i usually store my fat in a airtight container yeah known as my belly <laughs> the chair that she was sitting in the fabric and the stuffing was determined that it wouldn't have caught fire therefore it couldn't have been the cause of the fire because the fabric and the stuffing would have just like smoldered uh-huh Instead of like actually igniting. Mm-hmm. And there was no evidence of lightning or anything electrical that would have caused the fire. Huh. The police chief included a note in her file saying that we request any information or theories that could explain how a human body could be so destroyed and a fire just so confined to such a small area that so little damage was done to the structure of the building and furniture in the room. Police were kind of stumped on this. Yeah, um, I mean... It's kind of like... Confusing. Yeah. Well, can you just imagine like walking into this? Like, oh, there's a foot on the ground and there's nothing left. Like, this body burnt up, but these newspapers didn't. Yeah. And like, she would have to have been burning for at least three hours to be completely... Yeah, and then the the chair like was just... Crispy. Yeah. And then there's just the one guy that was there probably he's like, I got two more days of retirement. I don't need this. (laughs) (laughs) So the police stumped. The FBI comes in a few days later and they step in to debunk any kind of like theory of spontaneous human combustion. Obviously, the leave it to the FBI to shit all over our superstitions. Am I right? I mean, 
Yes. Mulder, Scully, looking at you guys. So the FBI declared that Reister probably had been incinerated by something called the Wick Effect, which the FBI hypothesized that she had fallen asleep while smoking a cigarette. Oh. Um, And since she had been on a sedative, she did not wake up when her nightgown caught on fire. And her nightgown then burned for three hours. Well, so she's on fire. Fat from her body is keeping the fire going while other inflammable substances in the body were keeping the fire from spreading. So it's kind of like um, when you're burning a log and it's raining, but then somehow the inside of the log is still burning, kind of. Well, because the inside of the log is still dry. Right. But this would be like kind of like the opposite. So you're getting like the internal stuff is putting out the... It's keeping the fire from getting bigger while the fire is still going. Because there's still fat everywhere. Right. And that would explain how the fire was able to go for so long without it causing like a huge mass destruction. And if it was allowed to go on for long enough, it could, in theory, incinerate an entire body. Whoa. The wick effect is hardcore. It is kind of gnarly. Like yeah. if you like really think about it. And gross. Because there are flammable parts of the human body. Like, we do create methane gas, which is highly flammable. Yeah. You are smiling a little bit too hard at that. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I just thought of people, like, lighting farts on fire. <laughs> I'm 12. <laughs> I'm a child, apparently. I'm Billy Bones, and this is Jackass. I'm Billy Bones, and I smirk at fart Still laughing at jokes. Fart jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Moving forward, uh, in an attempt to... We'll just, let's play devil's advocate and just debunk the whole spontaneous human combustion myth. Okay. There are a number of explanations for these kind of like instances to happen. So, Na- oh yeah? Name one. Well, one would be the wick effect. We just oh. went over that. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so most of the victims, like I said previously, they are kind of like older. Uh-huh. They're also older people near hot objects. Open so flames. Hot fireplaces, cigarettes, which I didn't even think about cigarette being an open flame, but if you put out a cigarette in a trash can full of like paper, it will ignite. Yeah. But fun fact, if you drop a cigarette into a puddle of gasoline, gasoline, it'll go out. What? Because gasoline's wet. But I did have a friend whose apartment caught on fire because they wasn't a cigarette. It was something else, but what? I don't We'll talk about it later. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> they threw it in the trash? I think it was just kind of like a passing thought. Oh, uh, well, don't be stoned and stupid. So many of these people were last seen drinking, smoking, taking sedatives in the Mary Reeser case. Living in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Um, and clothing such as a nightgown or just like comfy clothing in general, they're made from flammable materials. Especially in the 1950s. She was probably like, Head to toe polyester. Exactly. I'm just saying, like, my wedding dress, my old wedding dress, burnt like a just yeah, I saw. kiss. It was <laughs> brilliant. It burned so beautifully. So can you, I can hear the satisfaction. Just, oh, I remember watching it burn, just how happy I was. Yeah. Those kind of clothings can act as a wick. And then, like, if you're old and drunk and asleep and you don't wake up, and then, like I said before, you catch on fire, you don't wake up, you're just continuously burning, and then one thing leads to another, your foot falls off. Next thing you know, you're just a skull and some spinal fragments and a sliver. 
Other theories um, include like kind of like more natural events such as ball lightning. Ball which, lightning? It's not what you think. I promise. It sounds awesome. <laughs> it's, uh, it typically lasts longer than like the normal flash of lightning that you'll get in thunderstorms. It's uh-huh. kind of like it's like a big ball and you can kind of see it for longer. Uh, but they tend to only happen during thunderstorms, which was not the case during the night of Mary Reeser whenever her fire happened. But someone did claim to say that they did witness a random ball of flames go into her apartment. I'm just saying, like, we both grew up panhandle adjacent. You can have lightning without a thunderstorm. Well, absolutely. Heat lightning is definitely a thing. But there's not just random balls of flame shooting into people's apartments. Thank God. And I only found one article that said that. So, And I wasn't going to include it. But here it is. (laughs) But so wait, it was just a neighbor that was like, I saw everything. There was a ball of fire that just shot into her house. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, other conspiracists believe that spontaneous human combustion can be the work of aliens. Ooh. Um, pretty much saying that we're like little ants to them and they just have like a really big magnifying glass. <laughs> so it's... <laughs> <laughs> Just alien children frying that's humans. Literally, for fun. a thing I found on the internet. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Um, there's also like another story that had to do with aliens saying that um, it's like if the aliens try to like take over our bodies and the sun is like in this right position somewhere in the sky, that that's what happens. Okay. We'll just catch on fire, apparently. Well, I mean. And apparently that that's what they believe is happening in most of these cases okay i mean like you know depending on how many people aliens have taken over 200 apparently at least 205 can't be that bad like in odds wise i would assume so wait aliens trying to take over their body and the sun is in in a certain position and so they burst into flames right so this happened to her in the middle of the night so is the other position like on the other side of the world world. yeah i I didn't ask for clarification i found that in a reddit post one neighbor i think i read an article said it was just a ball of flames that had a mustache and a hat on and it was in disguise and they were carrying a lighter they're like i'm just a a friendly vacuum salesman ha ha once she opened the door gotcha gotcha i'm actually a random ball of flame here to burn you to death (laughs) yeah so that's that's pretty much all I've got on uh, the subject. Do you have any questions or comments, concerns? Well, I have a few concerns about Mary Reeser's access to prescription medication, her neighbor seeing balls of fire, but nothing really that's gonna add to uh, that's gonna add anything to this podcast. <laughs> so we want to thank my best friend and my sister and your friend Kendall, right? Yes. They are being guinea pigs for us right now. So thank you, Scarlet, Melody, and Kendall. We also need to thank Darren Curtis for the intro and outro music. Oh yeah, Darren Curtis. We got him from YouTube. He has a bunch of royalty-free stuff. He just wants, obviously, to credit him. But all of his stuff is really cool anyway, so go check him out. Yeah. Um, Even if you don't need the music, just go go check him out, yeah. The cover art is by me. Um, If you think you can make it look better, please just email me. I'm fully open to ideas. Um, which you can do at our odd email at gmail.com. 
Um, if you want to see pictures related to this episode, you can go to... Our odd Insta. On Instagram. If you want to send us an email or to suggest topics and in your own personal stories about spontaneously combusting, you can do so at the email we just said before. And it was... Our odd email at gmail.com. I love that. Yeah. Um, if you want to interact on the face space and discuss this episode, you can do so at our odd Facebook group. Yeah, you can search our odd Facebook group and a few things pop up, but you'll see our logo. So it's pretty straightforward. We have a Patreon and we're not quite sure how to use it yet. But if you want to subscribe and I'll send you my own homemade macaroni art. Yeah, we're trying to get our Patreon kind of um, squared away and working on the tiers and everything. So, like, it's there if you want to go there and save the page. It's a work in progress, so just bear with us. We hope you'll join us next time. Where we'll talk about something that's to be determined. <laughs> it's either going to be the Dark Web or Gypsy Rose or maybe Harold the Doll. Unsure. So, tip your baristas. Be nice to your emergency personnel. And we are the Boneses. And we're out. Bye-bye.